0: to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X
1: Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Caskey.
0: I'm uh, delighted to have on the podcast today, Spencer Rule. Spencer is in the digital marketing, content marketing space. And the reason I wanted to have Spencer on is because I was at a conference a few weeks ago and spoke down in Dallas and I was on late in the afternoon and he was on the day before and I sat next to him, but I never heard him speak. But I did hear all the people at our table kept saying, oh man, he was awesome. There's the guy. And I don't know if they were being nice to Spencer, but I do think they were truly impressed by some of the things he talked about. So I was anxious and I thought the next best thing, and since I didn't hear him, is to interview him directly and so that's what we're doing today are you with me Spencer I'm with you and uh, I'm excited to be here and thank thank you so much for
2: uh, the the uh, the kind intro and and everyone <laughs> at that table just a quick shout out thanks for thanks for being, here. They were <laughs> <Yeah>. being <here. laughs>
0: so give me a minute or two on your background uh, and then bring us up to speed I don't want all the gory details of your past but uh <laughs> But just uh, generally, how did you get to where you are today? What intrigued you about the business that you're in? And then we'll get into some some tactical stuff that we can give to our listeners to help them uh, grow their business. So just start, give us a couple minutes on who you are and what you do.
2: My story with digital marketing and uh, I'd say my obsession with this space as a constant learner began actually um, in a weird place. I was on a on a tour with a band I I used to play music with. And it was right during the time around 08, 09, when social media, that technology was just surfacing as a a real mainstream channel for communicating. We became fascinated with it because it was a whole new way to connect with people in a way that was very meaningful. What used to just happen face-to-face was now happening screen-to-screen. And I was just fascinated in it. So I was actually a communication major at the time. And so I, I started to do a lot of studies on digital communication and computer mediated communication. Since then, I, I just have fallen in love with the topic and straight out of college, that's why I founded a digital marketing agency. And I did that for four years, had a blast, learned how to hustle <laughs> because I had to uh, put food on the table. We We grew the agency to about 500000 in, in annual billings and I was uh, having a blast. Uh, we worked with all kinds of cool companies, small and large. Uh, so that was a great experience and that kind of springboarded me into jumping uh, client-side around 2014. I jumped client-side and a, a PEO, which is a professional employer organization, uh, hired me um, as the first person ever to be a digital marketer in their company. And I was tasked with building a digital marketing program uh, for the company. They are a privately held company uh, here in Idaho, and um, they, they wanted leads. The big thing was uh, there's, I, I was going to seed sales can lead so that revenue. Um, so I was tasked with that, and over the next four years, um, that's what I spent my time doing, and I grew that program from just myself to about three direct reports, and the, the program saw some great success. Actually, at the end of my time there, it was producing about half of the company's new revenue, which uh, we were really excited about.
0: Beautiful. And uh, so, the topic uh, today I, I want to talk about is is digital communications, and we can call it digital marketing. But there's a, but the idea here is how do we how do we as salespeople and as sales organizations use the technologies that are available to us that we've never had in the history of the world that are now available to us to Uh, improve our efficiencies, not in terms of doing our work, but in terms of sales and business development and generating new leads and conversations. I think we're still, especially if you're over four, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. I think still we don't use them properly. I don't think we really explore the possibilities of digital communications. So the first question is, do you agree and if you do, then let's start talking about some things that you believe people can do if they're, if they're a digital, not a digital native, they're fairly new to it, but they know they need to do something. Maybe a couple of tips on what they can do first. So first off, do you agree that companies typically don't, don't use digital very well?
2: What I think the problem is, what I think the underlying um, issue is, would probably be their, their mindset about digital marketing in general it becomes something of a tool rather than um, treating it just like uh, a regular conversation they might have offline. So one of the biggest things that I love to talk about when it comes to whether it's sales communication or marketing communication that happens digitally is you never ever wanna separate that conversation that's happening there as something different than something that would happen offline. Mm-hmm. Really, it all at its core is relationship building. And so, our challenge, everyone's challenge, whether you're in sales or marketing and whatever age, is to understand how to effectively have those conversations on any channel, um, whether it's face to face, on a phone, on a, on a Facebook message, you know, whatever it is. We have to be able to understand the context and understand how to. Uh, create that, that meaningful connection. Yeah, that's up to all of us. So that's what I would say the biggest issue is, is actually people treating that digital form of communication as different than, than face.
0: Yeah. So you're saying that we look at it as a, as a new tool to use, and really that's not the way we should be looking at it. We should be looking at it. It's just a, it just, it might replace the phone. It might replace a, a platform or a media type that we've been using for years and it's just a it's just another media type it's not something well I got to get on Facebook today and see if I can drum up some business it's not that
2: that's a big thing because really the phone is a great example right now me and you are talking on the phone and the, the reason that we both think both is because we believe that um, this channel that we're talking we're both engaged in it and we both think that what you say and what I say actually you know carries the same weight as if I was talking to you in person that channel has has that um, understanding to us. So, if if you're like you said, I, you mentioned a 40 year old or 50 year old sales professional, and you're approaching a digital channel in a way that you don't you don't consider it to have the same uh, the same weight and the same meaning as face to face or a phone call, I can guarantee you it won't it won't have because yeah. your customers do view it as meaningful and they do view it as a channel that they can have. Uh, very
0: meaningful conversations and create relationships that's a great point so so step one is change how we even look at it change how we even think about it and bring it more mainstream it's not something new it's just it's just the way we do it if I'm uh, listening to this and I'm a b2b sales professional let's say I'm selling medical devices or selling to dentists we have a lot of uh, for some reason dental reps and and people in the dental business uh, but b2b primarily Give me a couple of things that I should be doing. Okay, now that I've got my thinking, my head screwed on straight, what should I be doing?
2: I'll go really
0: broad with it, and even say you mentioned inbound, and and that's
2: definitely a realm that um, I would I would look at at this point because really what we're talking about is you know today attention I think is at an all time premium, right? And we're we're all bombarded with. Just thousands and thousands of marketing messages literally every day and we're we're all kind of being trained to tune those messages out so the challenge is how do you attract that attention and when you do earn that attention by providing um, some kind of value to to someone what do you do with that attention once once you grab that attention so Going really broad, I would actually, if I was a salesperson or a company in that situation, I think step number one is definitely to work very closely with your marketing team. The only way for inbound to work is when sales and marketing are working together um, in an effort to earn that attention in the first place, and marketing needs sales input on what kind of things and conversations to have in order to, to earn that attention, and then, being being skilled at handing off um, those those leads or whatever you want to label those those new contacts as, it's, it's straight into conversations as quickly as possible that are full of context. And the way to do that is through a CRM system. And we can we can dive into that. But that is a critical connection point. So I, I would I would urge them to get that kind of set um, setup uh, there so that they can share a database with their their marketing and sales teams in an effort to turn those conversations into into real relation and um, one of the biggest ways that you can do that today is content right you hear that everywhere you go right now you can't throw a rocket on blog about content 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 right content is keen content is keen but really the, the big thing here is that you understand that your content—you can't just create content for the sake of creating content. That's right, just adding to that noise and that right. huge torrent that we're all in—that we're all, you know, ready to ignore. So the big thing is working together from a maybe you're one man shop, maybe you have a marketing team. I, whatever the case may be, you need to think of that whole process like a relationship and how you manage that. And just like relationships in real life, the way that you spark and build them is by saying something that that person. Cares about right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna walk down um, the hallway while I'm at a party with a bunch of um, financial professionals and talk about um, something that's completely irrelevant to them and hope I make some friends. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go go down the hall and I'll say something extremely targeted that of, about maybe a, some portfolio I was looking at or something that will really. Resonate with those people, and they'll find value in, and instantly want to start a conversation. So when you when you start looking at content online, um, that's always where I urge people to uh, to look first: are
0: um, what those conversations
2: are, and how you can add unique value to those.
0: But if I'm a sale, and it's not but, but I started my sentence with but. But if I'm a salesperson, and I've been doing this for 10 years. Don't I kind of know what the conversations are, or what what their problems are, what they're what they're bewildered by, and what they're struggling with? I mean, should I should know that? So if a guy like me comes yes. along and says, "Hey, write a LinkedIn article about the five misconceptions that customer ha- customers have about your product," that should be like falling off a log. That we mm. shouldn't have to research that because I'm in front of prospects every day, so I should know that.
2: <laughs> That's why I think it is if on the marketing side of things. You're you're right on. That's why without sales and marketing alignment, you're you're dead in the water. You have to involve sales in the development of your content because yeah. they do know those conversations yeah.
0: so well. Yeah, I've seen marketing teams attempt to write content, and it just becomes yet another company brochure. Look at me. Look how great we are. We're amazing. We're enormous. And it's just crap. It's just crap because nobody reads that stuff. And so yeah. I'm trying to get to people that I work with and people on this listening to this podcast to say, I had an example a couple of days ago. A guy um, talked about, he, I tried to get him to write an article. He wrote an article on LinkedIn. And within a week, he had, I don't know, several hundred people that read it. But he had one person who read it who con- contacted him through LinkedIn? They set up an appointment, and I suspect in the next 30 days he's going to close what could be one of his largest deals in the last year or two. It's not a massive deal, but it, but he wouldn't have even gotten that opportunity if if he wouldn't have stopped one weekend, spent a few hours, wrote an article, published it on LinkedIn, and plus now that thing is working for him all the time. It's it's just it's going to constantly pay dividends, but. He finally became a believer, and I think that's what a lot of times people need. They they need proof. We, uh, well, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I don't know if it's going to do anything. And I always say, well, I know it's not going to do anything if it never gets written. So that's, that's a for sure. But try it. and. Yeah. And so this guy was—he was on fire. He's like, you know what? I'm going to write a couple more. I said, okay, write a couple more. But in the meantime, work this one. You got it out there. You know, let's nice. let's wait. Let's just work this one. Every time you meet somebody, every time you link to somebody, say, hey, by the way, I just wrote this. I thought you might like to see it.
2: I don't know the details of the situation, but my guess is he said something that, yeah, he knew exactly the content to create in order to attract you know those qualified buyers. Um, and when that dot. You know, when that dot gets connected, uh, for a salesperson, um, with inbound, that's when it really clicks. And, uh, I'd, I'd say one other way that we've really seen it click uh, is, um, through providing context with, with leads, right? So like as a lead comes through and it gets passed and into sales after they're, after they're qualified, um, and the sales team gets that lead, having all the context there, Um, what do you mean uh, by what uh, do you mean by context that buyer has looked context is all the all the different content that 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 user has touched during their experience with your company so far so what it would look like is inside so the lead gets passed in and they'll see oh it looks like this person um browsed about all about payroll like that. That's all they looked at was payroll mm-hmm. information. And even the form that they submitted was on a payroll page, let's say. Got it. So then that lead gets qualified and passed the sales. And then the sales team job at that point is to is to treat it just like if I was next to you in, in the same room, Bill, and I, I introduced you to that person and I said, hey, this is this is Sally. She's been checking out our payroll information on our website and submitted her contact info to us she's here today i'd like to introduce you to her mm-hmm. and bill i know you well enough to to know that you're not going to jump straight into talking about hockey right you know right. You, you're, you, you would say huh she's interested in payroll so i'm going to go through that door and let's have a conversation yeah. because it's all about to, to what she's interested in so that's the other big dot that you have to connect is if if your sales team understands how to use that context, I, I call it inbound sales. At that point, yeah, really that's just, right.
0: That's what um, it is. Using
2: using the yeah using context and to effectively continue to provide value and help rather than try to sell them on you know something they're not even interested in. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's good. Good. We're talking today with Spencer Rule. Spencer, how can people get a hold of you if they uh, are so inclined?
2: I would love them to to come and. and Start a conversation with me at Spencer. So that's S P E N C E R Rule R U L E dot com. Spencer rule dot com. I uh I I love talking to uh growth professionals in the sales and marketing environments whenever I get the chance. So I'd love to have a conversation. And actually, to be completely transparent, I'm I'm always actively looking for new opportunities to, to work with new companies and organizations. So I'd love to talk to you about that. Too.
0: Good. So Spencer Rule, Rule spelled just like it sounds. com. and there's a way that they can uh, connect with you there. So as we close up today, give me um, one of the things that I feel. I I talked to some people at HubSpot here a few weeks ago. I had uh, one of their uh, VPs of sales online, and he went into HubSpot and he started to to really research content marketing, all the things that they do. And he started a blog. He started a, a podcast. I mean, he became the number one salesperson, like within four months and he didn't know anything about it, but he's just that kind of guy. He's an achiever. And plus they had the, they had the tool obviously there that he could use. He claims, he says, you know, it's hard to get people to write or produce content because there's fear. There's this uncertainty and, and anxiety about publishing something with your name attached to it. How do you recommend people get past that?
2: That is a, that's a great question, Bill. I, uh, I'm going to sound, uh, at, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, one more time, what what I would urge them to do is compare it just to being at that party face-to-face. If you do not start the conversation by saying something, um, you're never going to have a chance to build those relationships yeah. in the first place. So I, I would treat it just like that situation. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so say, So say again. something. Not, you wouldn't it's just look... Like- you wouldn't just look at the person and stare at him once introduced. You would say, Hey, well tell me, I understand that you're interested in payroll. Tell me a little bit more about your interest there. I mean you, you wouldn't just stare at him. And it's the same thing here. You wouldn't just stare. You'd say, What are people interested in? What are they what are some of the questions? I, I told a guy the other day, I said, he was having trouble trying to find a topic to run. I said, What are the what's the big question you have you get? And he rattled off like five of them. I said, There, there's five blogs, there's five articles right there and just title the article the question and write the answer to it and don't be afraid that your competitors going to see it or don't don't be afraid that it's they're going you're going to give them so much information they won't need to call you that's unlikely in the business he was in but sometimes we need to start with what are the what are the most common questions you get and create something that's interesting there because if one if 10 people had the question probably 1000 people have the question.
1: And we all we all are constantly struggling with that. So it's just it's the same exact situation with online content. You have to kind of um, take that that scary first step to put content out there and yeah, the Internet can be incredibly harsh. It's, it's a it can be a, a scary place to do that. But at the same time, there's some really cool conversations
0: that that might be started just because you were brave enough to uh, to say what you said. Yeah, I think there's a, a Dan Sullivan always talks about he he runs a program called the Strategic Coach. And he, he has a saying, he says, you know, forget about your own uh, insecurities. Just go out and be, a, be useful. Just be useful to people. Be relevant. Um, be, be educational. Help. Help people solve problems or help them even realize they have a problem. And so I think if we keep that attitude of, let's just be useful. Let's write something that's useful to people. Then you don't have your fear around it because you've switched the, the mission to the customer, which is who we're trying to reach anyway. Bingo. I, I love
1: what you just said there too. That's that's really the safest thing you can do is actually not talk about yourself. <laughs> you know, provide value. And, and uh, it's the same thing in face-to-face relationships. If you go up and you're a me monster, people are going to be scared to talk to you
0: (laughs) i know where you got that you got that from brian regan didn't you
1: (laughs) you got it you got it i i love that sketch i do
0: too (laughs) but but yeah
1: i mean don't 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 start by talking about yourself start by yeah talking about what they're interested
0: in yeah that's good hey we're talking today uh with spencer rule once again you can find him at spencer rule r-u-l-e dot com and uh well, it was great meeting you at the conference and uh, good catching up with you. We, we need to do this again sometime, maybe get in some more detail about some of these things. But I appreciate you uh, taking time out and uh, sharing with my audience a little bit of uh, your philosophy.
1: Oh, man, thank you so much. It was my absolute pleasure. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at Bill at or follow him on Twitter at BillKaskey.